Now that the NHL season has officially been put on pause over the holidays, what are some options for the NHL to try to keep the season going while minimizing the number of players that uh, teams have to call up? Plus, who are some of the surprise teams in the East and the West? And does Alex Ovechkin have a shot at breaking Wayne Gretzky's goals record? We ask Cody Jansen of World Hockey Report that and more today on Locked on Wilds. You're Locked on Wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Wild your first listen every day. And just as a reminder, Locked On Wild is free and available wherever you listen to podcasts. On today's episode of Lockdown Wild, Cody Jansen of World Hockey Report joins the show as we look at some of the options that the NHL is weighing with the Olympics. Not officially canceled for the NHL, but looking like they will not be sending players over to China. Plus, we look at some options for the league with postponements to uh, try to fit those games in the rest of the season. We'll also talk some Eastern and Western Conference as well. My name is Seth Topal, host of Lockdown Wild, veteran Minnesota sports content producer with experience covering all of our favorite teams here in the state of Minnesota, but now covering the Minnesota Wild in a fully full capacity for Locked on Wild. Happy to have you along for a Tuesday edition of the show. And uh, as mentioned, we've got a uh, special guest joining us today. So let's hop right in. Cody Jansen of World Hockey Report, kind enough to join us to talk all things NHL. And pleased to welcome in our guest for today's episode of Locked on Wild, Cody Jansen of the World Hockey Report, here to talk some uh, NHL and the Olympics. Plus, we'll look at the East and the West as well here today. Uh, Cody, thanks so much for joining me. How are things going? Happy to be here. I mean, it's pretty cold up by Edmonton, but uh, other than that, no, I mean, it, it sucks the NHL shut down, but everyone's going through the same things. Yeah, I mean, it's we're pretty much... We've got a few teams that are playing. I mean, uh, the Wild and the Stars were the only game in uh, on TV last night. And it just seems like there are more and more teams that are shutting down, trying to kind of get get past it and and get to a spot where they can reboot and, uh, and resume the season. Obviously, we're waiting for the big news, which could have dropped by the time this episode hits the airwaves. But uh, looking like the NHL is not going to head to the Olympics, uh, Cody, with the number of teams that are just in kind of in limbo right now seemed pretty obvious that this was going to be the, uh, the ultimate decision made uh, just too much uncertainty to, uh, to send NHL players uh, over to compete in the Olympics. It sucks, but I mean, you, you really have to kind of please your employer, right? That's the biggest thing. The Olympics aren't, you know, cutting checks to these guys for millions of dollars. So at the end of the day, you really got to say, what's worth it will they find another tournament i strongly believe that the nhl is going to do everything in their power to make their own best on best tournament so for these guys right now they're kind of like hey it sucks we don't have to go to the olympics but i think another big factor and it's not even to be political is the fact that it's in china where some of these players are kind of like 
you know, if, if they're going to Stockholm, if they're going to, you know, a, a little bit of a better destination, I really think that plays a serious part here, Seth. Like, it's not even just trying to be funny or anything, but at the end of the day, these guys are like, well, the NHL is what puts food on my table. The NHL is what I'm, you know, a lot of guys, they're vying for contracts for next year. They're even guys at the Olympic level, like, you know, oh, well, Connor McDavid, it doesn't matter to him. He's getting paid no matter what. You got to think about other players who might use an event like the Olympics to up their value or have their agents up their value. So there's a lot more that goes in depth with the NHL players not playing in it. But end of the day, I think they all realize that, if you're stuck over there for a month plus closer to two depends on if you get corn or you know COVID or not while you're over there that can drastically change your career your season and your life end of the day these guys are professionals what they do for work is play hockey and if you can't do that because of a choice you made to get stuck in china for an extra five weeks that's going to hurt you down the road likely yeah and uh, you you led into what was going to be my next question Obviously, there is a break built into the schedule, and so I'm sure the NHL will try to get some games made up during that time, but at this point, does it just make more sense to to tack on games at the end of the season so that we can get a little bit bigger scope as to what exactly is missed? Frankly, I don't know when we're going to make these games up. Like if you think about it for the Oilers, even just three, you know, that that's a week. You can schedule that within a week. But I have a hard time believing, Seth, that COVID's going to be gone after Christmas. I don't know. I mean, I'm not a doctor here. I'm not changing the world. I'm not dropping any science or medical advice on anyone. But if this is what's happening right now, I just can't see it getting better in a week. It's going to take three, four, five, eight weeks, ten weeks before we're past this. Like, I don't know if if you can get... COVID again, and they're going to keep testing for it. This could keep coming back to the point where maybe you look at reducing the schedule and maybe, maybe you do end up looking at saying, Hey, maybe we're just going to play 72 this season and stretch out the back half of it. I don't know. I, I really don't have an answer, but I don't think that jamming these all in the Olympic break is going to be the difference maker because there's going to be more cancellations after Christmas. I guarantee you that. Yeah, and you know, I think you hit it right on the head in that uh, it's it's not going away anytime soon. Uh, obviously, with the first resumption after COVID nineteen, we saw the bubble playoffs, and you know, the NHL able to control that environment uh, to the extent that you know they got the uh, the playoffs in, got them through. That doesn't seem like a viable possibility this time around, though, does it? Just with the amount of you know mountains that had to be moved to make that even possible. The only way they're going back in the bubble is if they raise the salary cap by eight to ten million dollars next season for each team. No chance the players agree to it. No chance the players' union agrees to it. Like there's, there, there's a zero chance. They go back in the bubble here. It's just not going to happen. And if they do, it's going to be a huge bargaining chip for the players. And you could see something if that happens, like the MLB with the owners going on strike. I mean, I, I'm not trying to be the bearer of bad news here, but everyone I've talked to in the league, that's it's not even on the table at this point. They're just like, if we have to go back in a bubble, be away from our families for three more months, no thanks that ain't going to happen. Like, let's just play. I I think playing every single game in the States is on the table before going back in the bubble. 
would the uh, would the NHL and would the players consider a more you know lesser measure such as you know the taxi squad? Is that something that maybe gets looked at depending on how this goes? Taxi squad, yes, but when it comes down to playing without fans again, I think that's when you're going to be hard pressed. We saw it in Montreal last week. I don't know. Time flies. It's irrelevant <laughs> at this point. We've seen Montreal and Philly play without fans, and it just sucks. Like you watch the game. And it was actually so depressing to watch. You're just like, we can't do this again. We can't go back to no fans. And and I don't even think limiting fans is going to make that big of a difference. And in my mind, that just kind of comes down to regional restrictions where does it really matter if it's 100% or 50% capacity? Like, are we really stopping COVID by saying, oh, you can only sit by someone every second seat? You know, you're still going to be pissing in the same urinals with them. You're still going to be sharing the same concession lines, you know, high-fiving, drinking beers, screaming, hooting and hollering around them. They're, it's just not a perfect formula at this point. And so maybe it is adjust and do what the NFL is doing. Again, I'm not a doctor, but they got to figure out something if they want to continue the season because just flipping the switch after Christmas and saying, hey, welcome back, COVID's gone. No, that's not, that's not going to work. No, that's that's not going to get it done. So this, you know, I, I hate to use this phrase so much, but it seems like with this, it's always applicable. Just got to see what happens and react to it uh, on the fly. You know, you, you're, I'm sure you're very familiar with that strategy uh, as well, just reacting to news and kind of going from there. It's the best we can do. Yeah, there's no point in predicting the future. It's not going to work. <laughs> we'll tell you what, Cody, let's uh, let's take a look. We'll start um, in the Eastern Conference and just look at some of the surprises so far, some of the teams that maybe got to try to figure it out here before too long. Uh, we'll continue our discussion with Cody Jansen of World Hockey Report next here on Locked on Wild. You listen to podcasts for the power of the inside track. You switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money. Because with Boost, you get the power of a free 5G phone so you can listen to the latest episodes and keep up with your favorite players and teams. The power of three unlimited data lines for 30 bucks a month per line so your family can share all the insights. And the power of one of America's largest 5G networks so you can do it all at the speed of 5G. With all that money you'll save and all that edge you'll gain, just how powerful will you become? Switch to Boost Mobile and find out. Get a free Samsung Galaxy A32 5G when you switch to one of America's largest 5G networks. More power to save Boost Mobile. Free phone li- uh, free phone limited to new customers and one per line. Additional restrictions apply. Offers and coverage not available everywhere or for all phones and networks. See BoostMobile.com for details. Continuing today's episode of Locked on Wild, we're joined today by Cody Jansen of the World Hockey Report. And Cody, we're going to look, let's start with the Eastern Conference. Obviously, a lot of familiar faces in the current playoff picture. Tampa Bay, Florida, Toronto, Carolina, Washington. Uh, the New York Rangers, off to arguably their best start in franchise history, uh, have been a pleasant surprise. Are they the most pleasant surprise in the Eastern Conference so far, or is there another team that has kind of outdone them so far this year? I would say Washington's outdone them. I know they're a little ahead of them in the standings, but let's be real. The start that the Caps have had, the tear that Ovechkin's on, you know, they're getting solid goaltending. There's just something about the Caps this year that I really didn't expect. And 
one of the teams that everyone talks about is, yeah, they're going to be good. They're going to be good. But there was also a lot of negative talk around Tampa this year of, oh, they lost their whole third line. Oh, they're going to be banged up. They've played too much hockey in the past couple of seasons. They're still the top. You know, they're still, they're two games back of Carolina or something like that. And they're only one point behind them. Like Tampa's still a wagon. I think that that just shows how well that they develop players. So maybe a little bit shocking that they still have all the juice and firepower going for them. You know, a, a team like Florida, I think everyone expected them to be competitive. Toronto, everyone expected it. The Rangers, everyone talks about Shesterkin, like he's the next best thing. I'm still, I mean, do it in the playoffs and then I'll be sold on you. That's my theory for any Russian goaltender, of course. <laughs> but I would say the Caps are the most surprising. And then second, like it sounds crazy, but it's just Tampa. It's just a team that a lot of people were like, ah, too much turnover. I don't know. I mean, there's, there's still a damn good hockey team. Uh, On the Ovechkin topic, obviously he is trying to become the all-time leading goal scorer in the NHL. He's got some work to do at his age considering, you know, how many goals he still has to, uh, to catch Wayne Gretzky did, did we even have a clue that he was going to get off to as hot of a start as he has? No. I, what has he got? 22 goals. It's it's something stupid what he's got. I think he leads the league in points, or he's up there. Oh, he's got 47 points, so he's only behind Jeez. McDavid and Dreisaitl. Not, not bad company to be in. <laughs> but I mean, Ovi is he's the best goal scorer ever to play in the NHL. I think we're kind of past that conversation where – Sure, people on Twitter are going to make it like, oh, Gretzky had to use a wooden stick. Oh, Gretzky had, you know, worse equipment. Whatever it is, I, I don't think there's any arguing at this point, at least in my mind, Ovechkin's the greatest goal scorer to ever play in the NHL. He's that good, and for him to be doing it at this age, that's – go back to the Olympics. I'm kind of pissed off. I don't get to see Ovi there. It's – you know, we, we would get to see Ovechkin versus Crosby, Canada, Russia. There's so many players having great seasons this year. That that that's really the depressing part. But from an NHL standpoint, yeah, Ovechkin's off to an incredible start. No one's predicted this, and right now the ceiling's the limit. Like at this pace, Gretzky's record that seems very likely. If I can say that, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to jinx anything, but it seems like he's going to crack it. Uh, just looking at the other side of the coin, too, obviously teams that we expected to be a little better than they are. I mean, just looking at the standings right now, um, maybe didn't think that Montreal would have quite the season they did last year, would have a little bit of a letdown, but obviously that is uh, quite a uh, a far hole to fall into. They have been just abysmal all season, um, and it just it seems like the news just gets worse for them before it gets better. Like, what's going on with Montreal? Well, I, I think the issue is, is they're, they're missing their best goaltender. They're missing their best defender. They lost a couple of key pieces up front, and they really didn't get the boost that they were hoping for from a Cole Caulfield. You know, maybe they hope Suzuki might have taken an extra step forward, drew in, whatever it is. Essentially, they just lost their best player at pretty much every position, it feels like. And this team was not meant to go on back-to-back cup runs. I mean, they were on the back nine for sure last year. Pretty incredible what they did. Yeah, it's it's just not going to happen. It's kind of like the Islanders in a sense of, while the Islanders maybe don't have that many injuries, COVID kind of ran through them. But it's just a team that you're like, well, they're at the bottom. Kind of surprising, also kind of not. When you look at like, 
who Matt Barzell's playing with. This is a team that went out of their way to acquire Zach Parise. They went out of their way to sign Zidane Ochara. Like, these are guys who, they're not moving the needle for anyone. So what did Lou think? You know, did, did he hope to build a contender with them? No, he built a last place team, and that's where they are. Uh, final one on the East before we flip over to the West. Um, the Pittsburgh Penguins in a wild card spot right now. The Boston Bruins are just outside of it. Um, are we going to see those those playoff, you know, those teams that we expect to see in the playoffs, such as the Boston Bruins? Can the, uh, can the Bruins make a little run to get themselves into the playoffs before the season is done? I don't know if I've got faith in the Bruins, especially not when it's catching a team like Pittsburgh potentially for a wild card spot, just because Pittsburgh's getting Malkin back soon. Is he back? I don't think he's back, but he'll be back eventually, I'm sure. So, and Jari's been playing good, right? There's an X factor of how do you catch teams late in the season? Well, it always comes down to a goaltending slump late. So you can't predict it, but I think if I'm going to take my pick right now, I'm not convinced that Tuka Rask coming in midway through the season is really going to change things for Boston. I'm just not sold on it. Not that I'm a Tuka Rask hater or anything, but you need good goaltending coming down the stretch. You need consistent goaltending and rocking the boat that late. I don't know. I'm not sold on the Bruins. Their depth scoring hasn't worked for them. Taylor Hall hasn't done that much. And their defense, they're thin on the blue line. So nothing about the Bruins scares me. And I would... Probably if you're the GM there, you got to think about trading off some of their pieces. Bergeron, I know everyone laughs when you go, oh, don't trade away Patrice Bergeron. He's the heart and soul of your team. Do you want to be a good guy or do you want to be a good GM? I think a good GM is trading away some of those pieces. I think a good guy is saying, already retire and my job's out of here in five years. Let's uh, let's flip it to the West. We'll talk about the uh, Western Conference leading, well, tied for. Western Conference leading Minnesota Wild, which is what everybody thought we'd get uh, coming into the season. More with Cody Jansen next here on Locked on Wild. BetOnline.ag has you covered all season long with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues its march to the playoffs. BetOnline.ag remains your number one spot for all of your favorite sports action this season. So head over to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll receive that welcome bonus. College basketball is in full swing. The NBA continues their season. The NFL's push to the playoffs is here, plus bowl season is upon us. The NHL, boxing, and UFC, all right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, are available. So don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 and... 2022 season. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. Final segment of today's episode of Locked on Wild. Once again, thank you for making Locked on Wild your first listen every day. We are joined by Cody Jansen of World Hockey Report. Wilds tied for the most points in the West, just like we thought with the Vegas Golden Knights and the Anaheim Ducks. Of those three teams, which one is most surprising to be leading the Western Conference standings right now? I think it's got to be Vegas based on how they started. Like they were absolute trash at the beginning of the year. Minnesota's obviously shocking, but also the Central's been a lot weaker than I think people had expected as well. N- nothing against the Wild. I think that they've built a solid team, 
but I also don't think that everyone had the ceiling falling so quickly for teams like the Jets. The Stars are obviously out of it. Chicago had high expectations. There's just a few underperforming teams in the Central, which makes it not as impressive. But from a Minnesota standpoint, I mean, you've only got eight losses in regulation this year in 29 games. Like, that's a stat that jumps out to you of like, oh, this team's come to play. Like, it's not just like, oh, they got hot for a little bit. It's like, hey, this team's winning games. They're not going to overtime 10 times in the first half of the season like the Calgary Flames are. They're coming out, they're battling, they're putting up a fight, they're able to score goals. Defensively, they're better than anyone thought. And Cam Talbot, you know, looks like 2017 Cam Talbot, essentially. Actually, he was really good in the bubble, too. I'll give him credit that. But, like, you know, 2017 Oilers Cam Talbot, that's who Minnesota has right now, and it's pretty damn cool to see. Um, looking at some of the other things going on in the West, I mean, the uh, the Avalanche in a uh, wild card spot right now, but they have 115 goals on the season, which leads the NHL. They're scoring, they had, I think, four games in a row, they scored seven goals apiece. And, you know, you, you look at a team that had some uh, some lo- uh, loss of depth in the offseason, but uh, they're just clicking on all cylinders like we uh, – have just become accustomed to them over the last couple of years. The issue with them is they can't stay healthy. Yeah. I don't know if Darcy Kemper can do it. I love the guy. He's a Sasky guy. Is he your number one guy for a long run in the playoffs? I don't know. Let's just try to get there. If you're Colorado at this point, like you're going to be in six, five games. And as Daryl Sutter said best, as he's proved best, the NHL come playoff time, you got to be able to win them 2-1 and 3-2. I don't know if Colorado can do that. I'm still... Their defense is a little too small for my liking. Nothing against Kale McCarr, Bowen Byram, Sam Gerrard. They're good players. Are they Montreal's decor of last year that took them to the Stanley Cup Finals? No, that ain't happening. What about the Anaheim Ducks? I mean, last year, one of the uh, bottom four teams in the West Division, and now this year, made some moves in the offseason and uh, 40 points already this year. Uh, is this a team that can, you know, sustain as one of those top three in the Pacific Division uh, once the season's finished? No, I <laughs> I have a hard time believing that. Like, Troy Terry's off to an incredible start. No one would have predicted this. Zegris looks unreal. He's one of the most creative players, if not the most creative player in the NHL. Drysdale's awesome on the back end. Like, they've got some really good pieces. They're getting good goaltending of John Gibson. And even when Gibson's out, they're getting great backup goaltending from Stolarz. I mean, he's a 930-plus goaltender. If you're getting that out of your backup, you're pretty damn happy. So for the Ducks, they're just clicking at the r- you know, not the right time. They, they're just clicking perfectly. They're meshing. They're a team that's gelled good. I think once the games start to get a little bit tougher, once we do start to get closer to playoffs, I don't think I would. I would. Be, I wouldn't be surprised if they're down to a wild card spot or even out of the playoffs. Like that's how close the Pacific is for one. But that's also just my faith level in Anaheim. Um, also the, uh, the Edmonton Oilers gotta, gotta talk about, uh, two of the best players in the, uh, the entire NHL, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. Um, I have Leon Dreisaitl on my fantasy team, humble brag. So that uh, obviously has been fun so far this year. Crazy to think that a guy who has been as good as he has somehow found a way to get even better this year. Oh, and then the Oilers have uh, McDavid too. He's not bad either. Their, their top line, their power play, it's incredible. Where this team has gone wrong yet again, 
it's what we've talked about for the past three off seasons. Where do they need to get better? And in goal, they need another defenseman and they need depth up front. Well, now we're midway through the 21-22 season. What do the Oilers need? They need help between the pipes. They could use another defenseman and they need depth up front. It's kind of the same circle over and over. Like, listen, Seth, I think this is an incredible hockey team if you're looking at the cream of the crop. Once you're kind of underneath that, the milk gets a little bit sour. And that's where I think that the Oilers, you can't just rely on your number one power play. You're not going to get those calls in playoffs. They learned the hard way against Winnipeg last year. Uh, Yeah, you might need a little bit more than good special teams to make a run in the playoffs. Does a healthy Mike Smith change the you know the the you know picture for this team i don't know i'm not exactly sold if he's the guy to be the difference maker is it because they're a little bit banged up sure whatever everyone goes through that they're just they're, they're missing that depth up front they're missing that energy cassian's not bringing that spark anymore I don't know. I mean, their fourth line doesn't produce. Their third line doesn't produce. This this really is McDavid and Dreisaitl's team, as you alluded to, and they're going to go as far as they carry them. It's pretty rare you see two guys carry them to a Stanley Cup. Like, even look at the Pittsburgh Penguins when they were winning with Crosby and Malkin. You know, great hockey players. They had a lot more on those teams. Or Chicago, Taves and Kane. You know, awesome hockey players. There was a lot more to those teams. You can't say that about the Oilers right now. Uh, Cody, as we wrap up, appreciate having you on the show today. Uh, just let the listeners know where they can find uh, your work with uh, World Hockey Report and uh, where they can follow you on Twitter. Yeah, I mean, you can watch the live show at World Hockey RPT. We're on 12 Ounce Sports. You can download the podcast wherever you get podcasts from. And I'm there at Janner31 underscore. Perfect. Thank you, man. Uh, enjoy the um, whatever we get uh, here between Christmas and New Year for hockey. Uh, we'll World take, junior season. It, there we go. We'll take whatever we can get, and uh, we'll have to catch up with you again uh, as the season rolls on. Appreciate that, Seth. That is going to wrap it up for today's episode of Lockdown Wild. A big, again, big thank you to Cody Jansen of World Hockey Report for joining the show today for the first of two episodes that will be dropping for you once again here today. Make sure to check out our second episode of the day. We'll do a full recap of uh, last night's loss to the Dallas Stars with Dane Lewis of Locked on Stars. So check that out a little later here today as your second first listen. And then for your second listen, make sure you're checking out Locked on Bets as uh, you can get the full lowdown on your favorite teams and their odds with the Locked on Bets podcast, your one daily one-stop shop for all of your gambling needs. Locked on Bets is hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. Locked on Bets is free and available on all podcast platforms, just like Locked on Wild. We are available wherever you listen, whenever you listen, plus available on all social media platforms as well. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Make sure to follow along as we keep you up to date on the Minnesota Wild throughout the course of the season. If a puck drops in the state of hockey... Lockdown Wild has you covered with new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Lockdown Podcast Network.